this can change your life. I really believe it can. Uh, by the grace of God, uh, by his mercy upon my life, and I've said it here before, I don't fear anything. I have no fear of anything. I just don't believe in fear. Do I, am I tempted to fear? Oh, yes. I just don't fear. I believe that God is. I believe God is. You have to be fully persuaded. I, 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 don't, have, I don't have to. I know God is. And I know he's for me. He's on my side. Not because of what I'm doing. Not because I'm, I'm a pastor. Not because I preach the gospel. Not because I'm a good person. He's on my side. And there is no devil that can turn that around. There's no man that can turn that around. I don't have to depend on anybody. I can depend on him. And he is faithful. He is very faithful. I'd like you to know this. If you're sitting and you're hearing my voice tonight, I don't think you will ever understand how much God loves you. In, on this side of heaven, you will never get there. I think many of us will be shocked when we get over there to find out we really didn't go as far as we should have just because we didn't know. It's part of being human. But part of being spiritual is getting out of that humanness. Because the Bible says that which is born of the spirit, that which is born of the flesh, is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And we're talking about being born of the spirit of God. Meaning you are a spiritual child. Spiritually, you are a child of God. You're just like him. You look like him. Not in your physical self. But you look exactly like him. You look like your father. And when we start believing that, as the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, our bodies, our flesh, can be modified. And our lives can be renewed. And we don't have to worry about a whole lot of stuff. I want to share with you tonight this. And uh, I pray, like I said, as God's given me understanding, I can give the word tonight. Father, I want to thank you. Spirit of God, I ask that you help me uh, to share this with your servants, your people, your children, so that we can go to that higher level. As you said in your word, my, my people will be ready, be volunteers on the day of my power. And I believe today is the day of your power. In Jesus' name, amen. First, Second Kings chapter 4, I'm going to read from verse 1 and 2. And I'm going to stay in this scripture a little bit. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, meaning she was a, he, the wife of a prophet that studied under Elisha. This was a man that studied, a woman who was a wife of somebody who was studying to be a prophet and worked under Elisha as a prophet. The chief prophet, the leader, the teacher was Elisha. So, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets 
crying out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. I'd like you to understand something here. This was, a man, the, the, this was the wife of a man of God. The Bible is clear, and Elisha didn't dispute it. The Bible is clear. He say, she said, you know your servant feared the Lord. It was a God-fearing man. But there was a big difference between this man's life and the life of Elisha. No one was coming to take Elisha's children. Elisha, Elisha wasn't owing anybody. Just because you fear God and you know God doesn't mean all your needs are going to be met. Hello. There are principles to follow. You have to discover those principles. Or you stay the same. Fearful. Confused. Harassed. Tormented. You stay that same. Sick. Languishing in want. He feared the Lord. But he died leaving his children vulnerable to the creditor who was now coming to take his sons to become slaves to him. Possibly, we don't know if he, the creditor, feared the Lord. Doesn't make sense, does it? We're not told he was a man of God. This was a man that lived for God. And yet, he had children. But the prophet Elisha said to her, What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And God saying to you, maybe you are in a very difficult situation today, and you're coming to the house of God, and God saying to you, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus did the same thing with the blind man. He knew he was blind, but Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Spell out what you want. But then he said, what do you have in the house? What do you have in the house? What's in your house? I replied, was nothing. There's nothing in the house except this jar of oil. There's all that's in the house. She had in the house all that she needed. To free herself. She just didn't know it. The husband didn't know it. It was by revelation. It came through Elisha. To her. She had everything she needed. 
To be free. To be full. To know no lack in the house. But she didn't know it. And even if she knew, she knew she had it there, but she didn't know how to operate it. You got to know. She didn't know. I want to submit to you tonight. Everything that you need to be successful in life spiritually, to be successful in life materially, to be successful in life in your relationships, everything that you need, you have in your house. Notice what she had in her house. A jar of oil. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? You got what it takes to be free. You got everything that you need in life. You do. You have everything to be free from the power of sin. You got it. Because the Bible says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. And God cannot lie. If you are a child of God, you can be free. You can be free. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. So what that's saying, you can multiply grace in your life. You can also multiply peace. What Pastor Roy mentioned tonight, shalom. You can multiply that in your life but it will only come according to the knowledge of not just God, but of Jesus as well. When you know Jesus, even though you've received grace, the greater knowledge of God that you can put in you, the greater knowledge of Jesus that you can place in you, that will give you multiplied grace. And multiplied peace. When you have multiplied peace, you don't fear anything. Because you got shalom. In Isaiah 54, he says you shall not fear. Because he won't even come near you. We read that and we say, how nice. Well, God meant what he said. I don't have to be afraid. The worst that can happen to me is death. And I'm ready for that. Only when I'm ready to go home, nothing can kill me till I'm ready to go home. No sickness, no disease has that power. Uh, they don't, God will not give them permission, and I'm not giving them permission either. Because it is written, by his stripes, I was healed. Can I get sick? I can be tempted with it. Just don't like the temptation, I fight it. Amen. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ as 
is divine power. See what he's saying. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of the Lord, of Jesus our Lord, as based on, as his divine power has given to us all that we need pertaining to life and godliness. So your peace is in the knowledge of Christ, but it's according as, according to what God's already done. So when the more you know God, the more you know Jesus, you will begin to realize that he is giving you everything that pertains to life. That's your house. That's your bill. And godliness, that's how you live your spiritual life. God has given, you have everything to, be, to make it in life. It's in your house. You already have it. You already have it. It's as his divine power has given to us, so your grace is multiplied, that means you are able to access those things that have been given to you, pertaining to life and godliness. How are you able to access them? By your knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus. Because he's already given everything that we need. What you have for your freedom is already there. It's in you. You got it. You got it. He talked about these things. He says, through, going back again, the knowledge of him who, has, who has called us by glory and virtue. And if you read further, you can read. He wants us to be partakers of his divine nature. Because he's given us exceedingly great and precious promises that by this, again, you go back to being, having his divine nature. And I'm telling you, God doesn't know what lack is. He doesn't know that. We can be tempted to feel lack. And... Uh, my wife and I, we are, in, we are on a journey. I've made up my mind. I don't care what the circumstances are in the natural. Uh, we will never know lack. I believe that with all of my heart. And I'm not going to discuss it with anybody. I'm not going to try to explain it to anybody. I just believe God will take care of me, my wife, my children. Whatever way he wants to do it, he's going to take care of it. I believe that. There's going to be temptations to look at and you to think about oh, how is this going to happen. That always comes and the stress of it. But I want to enter into his rest. Amen? The Bible says there remains a rest for the people of God. I believe the, the future is much better. The future is better. I'm saying this is because it's important. I'm going to show you, as we go further, you begin to understand. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 says it clearly there. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? Don't you realize now that you are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God dwells in you. What do you have in your house? That jar of oil that represents the Holy Spirit is good enough for you. 
What we have to do, if you go back to this, this story, 2 Kings chapter 4, he said to the woman, go and get parts. Get parts. Not a few. Gather from your neighbors. Bring all the vessels. Bring them. And pour the oil into them. You pouring oil into those vessels, that's what's going to bring deliverance to you. Every one of us have been filled with the Holy Spirit. You get something in your house. You're not pouring anything out. There are empty vessels all around us. They are with you at work. You see them every day, but you're not pouring out the vessels. The vessels are not yet full. So you got nothing there to bring deliverance to your life and to your family. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's what he says. Jesus said, I'm sending you out to bear fruit, and that your fruit may remain. Let them be filled with the Holy Spirit. Fill them with oil, and send them out. And that brings return. Jesus was very clear. Very clear. In John chapter 4, he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. When you reap and you are pouring out the oil from your vessel into vessels, you are storing them, they are full, storing them fruit for heaven. But right here, God pays you. That's the only reason I can fully say, thank God, my wife, we've, we've agreed we're going to do this work. Amen? Reaching out to the world. And as long as we're doing it faithfully, don't know everything, God's going to make sure we never know want. It's very important. The day you lo lose your passion for God, you start going down. Then you start looking at all the natural things and start making calculations, leaning on your own understanding. May God may be wanting to take you to another level, but you're not willing to go because you don't have understanding. You are not at rest. You're not letting him lead you because sometimes he leads you places where to you doesn't make sense, <laughs> but when it's finished, you know, thank you, Lord. That's what you say. You just have to be willing. You are the temple of God. The Spirit of God lives in you. And you pour out the Spirit. How do you pour out? It's got to come through somewhere, right? Your mouth. Amen. You are the temple of God. And the most powerful member of that temple, your mouth. Amen. Amen. Your mouth is the most powerful member of that temple of God. And the Holy Spirit lives in that temple. If you're going to pour out the Holy Spirit for your deliverance, your mouth has to be opened. You can't pour out the oil if there is no opening, right? It's got to be from your mouth. Amen. That's the most powerful member. And the Bible lets us know that. The most powerful member, if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, 
the most powerful member of your body, your life, is your tongue. Your tongue is the most powerful member for that all. Your destiny depends on your tongue. Your destiny is at the mercy of your tongue. Because out of that tongue, whatever comes out of it, if it has to do with the oil, you will make it. You will make it. If it has to do with that oil, that's in you. What do you have in your house? This, man, this prophet, he was a prophet. He didn't know it. So he lived and died in death. death. Elisha was not like that. Elisha recognized that's all you need. The oil. Notice, it, she didn't tell, the Bible doesn't tell us how large the jar of oil was. And doesn't tell us how full it was. She just said, a jar of oil. And the prophet said, you got it. God will always ask you, what do you have? Give it to me. And for you who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you got God inside of you. You have everything. There is nothing that can stand in your way. Your life depends on your tongue. The quality of your life depends on your tongue. Because out of your tongue, the Bible says from the heart goes to the mouth. And that's where the issues of life. Your tongue. The Bible tells us in... in uh, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Your tongue can de determine whether you live confused or confident. Your tongue will determine whether you live weak or strong. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. Your tongue will determine whether you are poor or rich. Your tongue. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And the Bible says, those who love it will eat its fruit. I used to, that part of it used to confuse me. You just told me life and death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat the fruit of it. Well, I don't want to eat the fruits of death. That's not very encouraging, but that's not what God's saying. God gave me a new understanding. If God has given you the power, the knowledge of the power of your tongue, you love your tongue. Because you know how to use it. That's what it is. If God has given you full understanding of the power to change your circumstances from your tongue because you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you love your tongue. And you change your life based on the words that come out of your mouth. It's a principle in the word of God. That's where the oil flows from. Nobody gets healed till Jesus says the word. 
once he speaks it, it happens. It's from your mouth. Everything that God's created from word through words. With the Holy Spirit involved. If you read the account of Genesis, when there was nothing, confusion on the wall, dark, void, meaning nothing. And the Spirit of God was moving in the surface of the deep. And then words went out. The Holy Spirit is the one that takes from the unseen world and brings it into the natural. And he lives inside of you. The very creator that takes from the spirit realm and brings it into our natural realm lives inside of you. That's why God saying, I want you to partake. That through your knowledge of him, you might partake of his divine nature. When you know the exceeding, exceedingly great and precious promises that God has given to us, that by these promises, we might be partakers of his divine nature. When God says it, it happens. All Jesus had to say was, tell the, world, tell the person, go, your child lives. And that's it. He, he looks at his watch and says, I'm going to check this out. He gets back home. They say, your son is well. He says, I know that, but tell me the time he gets well. I need to know the time. And he realized it was when he said it. He said it, bang, the healing takes place. The same Holy Spirit is inside of us. That's why Jesus tells us in, in, in John chapter 14, verse 12, he says, the works that I do, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do. He's not lying to us. He meant every word he said. God's not a liar. We just not believe in what we have inside of us. Once when we get to that place where we begin to believe and speak against unbelief. I speak against unbelief. I don't like niggas. I just, I don't want that anymore. There was a time for that. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I spoke as a child. That time is gone. We're going into maturity, and I'm not doing that anymore. It's a choice. I'm not doing that anymore. That's what I'm saying. Our church is going to a place. A lot of great prophets, men of God, I'm speaking it. Amen? Men of God, powerful men of God, young people being raised, men and women going out, doing exploits for God. I'm going to see it. Even if I don't see it, it will be happening after I'm gone. Because the word has been set in motion. Jesus said, if you say to this mountain, and you don't doubt in your heart, it's going to happen. And he cannot lie. So I can say whatever I believe it in my heart, it's going to happen. Jesus is not a liar. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should go back on his word. If he said it, he'll do it. If he has spoken he will make his word good. Your words are so important. Love your tongue, but learn to speak the right words. Search the scriptures. Find out the promises that God has spoken concerning you. He said fear will not come. Those evil things will not come near your dwelling. You're going to be tempted, oh yes, he'll come. You can look over it. And know God's sending you somewhere because you are with him. Your word 
mixed with faith is unstoppable. When you got the Holy Spirit inside of you and you mix your words with faith, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. It's always good, you know, for, for us to understand as it is. Because today, this is the way we are. But I see beyond what I'm seeing in front of me to what God's going to be doing in the future with our people here. And the great work God's going to do with our church. I don't have to ask anybody. It's between me and him. Amen? And God's going to fulfill his promise. And the covenant we have. Amen? The covenant we have. Not perfect, but I can trust him. Because I'm not perfect. I need his perfection. Amen? I need his help. That's where you place yourself. When you mix words after you have been filled with the Holy Spirit inside of you, all he got inside of you, and you speak words of faith, you can't be stopped. You can't. I can think about Elijah. Elijah, as the king will send people to take him. And they say, man of God, come down from the mountain. And he says, well, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven. Please don't do that, okay? <laughs> Jesus said, that's not our spirit. We're in New Testament. He speaks the word, and guess what? All of a sudden, fire comes from heaven and consumes the people. And it happened about two or three times. And the last fellow understood, I don't want to die. He started pleading. Hey, please, I don't want to die. I know you're a man of God. Don't say those words. Because as soon as it comes out of the man, and the Bible tells us in the New Testament, Elisha was a man of like passion, just like the rest of us. No difference. So I can believe God for more. Say that with me. I can believe God for more. Don't settle for the ordinary. You can live in the ordinary today. But the supernatural, the extraordinary is on its way. You got to believe that constantly. And don't try to prove anything to anybody. That will make you turn around. Because they might disapprove of what you're saying and what you think you believe in. That's why the Bible tells us to be careful. Who we hang around. Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, 24, he says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be... Now, notice the word whoever. Scratch that word, put your name there. <laughs> Scratch the word whoever. That's you. He's speaking to you. Whoever means me. If I say to this mountain, according to his word, if I say to this mountain be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Notice, not, he's not talking about doubting in the head. Right? Because your head might play games with you. You got to understand the difference. <laughs> your mind can go back and forth. That's where most of us quit. Try to get your mind in line. Try to get your mind in line. How do you do that? By speaking the words of the Lord. 
get your mind, your, mind, your mind to line up with what you are believing in your heart. By saying it. By keep saying what you are believing God for. Even as your head plays games with you. You keep saying it. And even as people oppose you and they say it's not going to happen, you keep saying it until your head lines up with your heart. And you got no, long, no struggles. And when that's done, you got the title in your hand. Amen? You're just waiting to see it in the natural. If you say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe that those things... Notice how much he says, say. So he's telling us what comes out of your mouth means a lot. You can transform your life by what you say. If you can move a mountain based on the words of Jesus, this is, Jesus was actually talking about a physical mountain. And he's saying it's possible to do that if you can say the word and believe it in your heart. If that's possible, you can change about anything. Because God has said, with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Jesus also tells us, there is nothing impossible to the one who believes. You put the two together, you and God, you are unstoppable. Nobody can stop you. That's what he's saying. He says, but believes those things, he says, will be done. That means they are not done. But you keep saying it. You don't quit saying it. Amen? Keep saying it. Notice what it says. Those things that he said, is that what he said? No, says. Can you get it? Says. Keep saying it. Even if your mind is playing games with you, and even if you got opposition from your friends, and those who don't understand what you're saying, and your mind is, your heart is, your mind is fighting you, keep saying it. And your heart keep, will believe because you've already believed in the heart. You can't say it the first time if your heart didn't believe it. And once you start saying it, don't quit saying it. So many times you hear me say things, <laughs> I'm trying to strengthen myself and get out of unbelief. That's what I'm doing. I'm not bragging. We're fighting. We're in the world. And I can use my tongue. That's, when the oil, that's where the oil is poured out. And that can bless people and then bless me. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. And that cancels the doubt. As you keep saying it, he destroys the doubt. If you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things you're saying will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Then Jesus says, because I've told you this principle, because you know these principles now, therefore, because of all that I've told you, and you understand how it works now, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. And no doubt, you will have them. That's what it says. Now, what are we to say? You're struggling. The Bible says, 
sin shall not have dominion over me. You're saying it, but you still feel like this thing still has power over me. Don't quit. Because you got grace. And you've known the word of God. And grace keeps multiplying. As you're saying, grace is an empowerment from God. And you're refusing to be in condemnation. Because you know, the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. So you're telling yourself, I'm in Christ, I can't be condemned. And you're saying, sin shall no longer have dominion over me. Sin shall not have dominion over me. I'm not under the law, I'm under grace. And grace is multiplying. Guess what? You're going to be free. The devil can't stop you. You're going to be free. No matter how long the addiction is being, you're going to be free. As long as Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand, you will be free. No one can stop you. Now, your word depicts your walk. What I hear you saying from your mouth, that's what's going to be happening to you. I heard people talk sick, 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 sick. I'm sick. I'm taking my headache, my this, my that. Well, it's yes. What do you want God to take away? Keep your headache. My headache, my stomach pain, my back pain, my all But Well, it's yes. And you say, God, take them for me. God says, what am I going to do with them? That's your property. Don't talk that way. Many times we would like to say to ourselves, okay, I want to be real. Well, be real with God's word. That's the real reality. I don't want to lie about that. Why should I lie? I feel this stomach pain. You're telling me not to say that. Well, keep your stomach pain then. Let God be true and every man a liar, including your symptoms. Yes. Let God be true and every man a liar. God says they lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Sometimes not immediate. But you change your confession, you kill it. You can change anything with your words. So we got to learn. Your word depicts your work. Let me show you something. And I'm going to end because my time is gone. I have a lot that I want to share with you. But my time is gone. James 1.26. James 1.26. He says, if any among you thinks he is religious. Good Christian. That's what he's talking about. Good Christian. I'm telling you, I'm a good Christian. I do this and I do that. I heal the sick. And I, uh, I pray a lot. And every time the church doors open, I fly in. I'm telling you, shake pastor's hand on Sunday. I'm a good Christian. That's what he's saying. If any of you think he's a good Christian instead of religious, can we get it now? And does not bridle his tongue. He doesn't, he has no control over what he's saying. Bridle is not mean, doesn't mean I'm not going to ever say any word anymore. That means you have control over what comes out of your mouth. You don't speak because you feel. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Many of us are speaking from our feelings too often. And we are destroying ourselves with our mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. We are destroying our families. 
with our words. And, and you know, I have to pray by the grace of God. When I say things like, my children will never know one, uh, it's not I'm trying to tell you how much faith I, ha- I have. I'm just speaking because I want to set things in motion based on God's word for my children. And God watches over his word to perform it. We're not speaking enough. If you love the tongue, you'll be speaking a lot. But you'll not be speaking foolish things. You'll be speaking truth. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. That's what it is. This is what this is all about. If you think you're a good Christian, and you are not able to control the kind of words that come out of your mouth, many times your words are in stark opposition to what God has already said and affirmed. God says your world well and he's healed you, but you refuse to say, no, I don't feel like being healed. And so you speak the other thing. And God says in Malachi chapter 3, your words are stout against me. Your words are so strong against me because I say this and you tell me, no, I don't feel that way and this is what I'm being real. Well, stay real and stay sick. And you can put it in other areas as well. See, just the truth. Just the truth. If that man cannot bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. How do you deceive your heart? Your words. When you're speaking words that are contrary to God's word, your heart has already received the truth. Now with your words, you are deceiving your heart. He says your Christianity will be in vain. Listen to this. His religion is useless. Your Christianity is useless because of the words that are coming out of your mouth. And you're thinking you're being real and being truthful. Well, there is only one truth. That's where he's at. Your words are destroying you. Your feelings expressed in words that are contradictory to God's word are destroying you, destroying your family, destroying your finances, destroying your job, destroying your children. We can know and address what's happening in the natural, but in your time of prayer, in the secret place, make sure God puts something in your spirit that you can stand out boldly and declare that God's with you. This is the truth. This is the truth. And it works. It works every time. God is looking for somebody that will believe his word. Amen? And we are all believers. He's looking for somebody that he can walk with. Two cannot walk together except they be in agreement. Amos 3, verse 3. Now, I'm telling you, every one of you, I pray for you. Making my confessions over your life, please don't fight me. Amen? Because I know God's going to bless you. Let's be in agreement. If two shall agree concerning anything, the Bible says God's going to do it. So we're going to have a great church, every one of us. Amen? 
and we're going to reach the world. If we are in agreement, God will supply all the finances. God says, my people will be volunteers in the day of my power. And I believe today is the day of his power. Stand up with me tonight. Watch the words you speak. Get close to God. And watch God do things in your life. I guarantee you, you may start speaking something against something that's happening in your life. Maybe confusion. Maybe depression. Whatever it is. If it takes a month, stay there. If you quit, you die in the wilderness. Stay there and tell yourself, I am going into the promised land. When you begin to speak those words, that's when the day that you live in Egypt. Don't change your language. Don't say like the spies. We are not able to enter the promised land. Don't do it. Amen? Get your confession right. Let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable before him. Don't allow what comes out of your mouth, even though your heart is saying something right, but what's coming out of your mouth is unacceptable. God will not accept that. We got to do that. Lift your hands up before God tonight and make a commitment. God, teach me how to talk. Solomon asked God for wisdom. I don't have it. It wasn't born with it. He asked God, he was already a grown man. And he asked God, please, because Jesus, I told the Lord, you've said without me, I can do, you can do nothing. Lord, I accept it. You know, God, I don't, I can't do anything. I need you. So ask the Lord today, Lord, teach me how to talk. Teach me how to talk. I love my tongue because Jesus said, I have given you a mouth that none of your enemies will be able to withstand or say it. None of your enemies. God gave you that mouth. If you will believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. That's what this is all about. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not changed. I'm telling you right now, God is transforming your life in the name of Jesus. Those things that you're struggling with, God's throwing them away from your life. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, God's making a way through the sea for you to walk on dry ground. God's taking you out of Egypt. He has a promised land for you. In the name of Jesus, the things that you struggle with, whether they are finances, whatever they are, I'm telling you tonight, by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, a new day has dawned in your life and something good is coming your way, spiritually, mentally, in every way. You can remember what you want to remember. God's doing that for you. You can be strong because you are not weak. God doesn't have weak children. You are strong. Spiritually, physically, mentally, in every way, you're strong. God is not a man that he should lie. God has spoken the truth. His spirit is here with us today. And your life is being transformed by the same Holy Spirit that created the world. Through the word of God. God's doing that for us. We have to believe it. So that we don't deceive our own hearts. 
We don't deceive our own hearts. A new day has dawned in Jesus' name. A new day has dawned in your life. Say that to yourself. This is a new day. The past is behind me. There is a new place for me. There's a higher ground for me. I'm going there. Nobody can stop me. God's taking me there. God's giving me the wisdom that I need to get up there. And nobody's going to hold me back. Nobody, nobody, nobody. Nobody can hold me back. I will have everything I need to be successful. I have everything I need to be successful. I have everything I need to be head and no tail. Above and never beneath. According to the word of God. And that, these are the true testimonies of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the true testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are not ordinary. There is nothing ordinary about your life. The Holy Spirit lives in you. You are not ordinary. You are unstoppable. You are. You are. And the Word of God is changing you right now. As you're listening to the Word of God, your life is being transformed. There is greater wisdom coming to you, a greater understanding, greater peace, multiplied peace upon your life tonight in Jesus' name. Tell yourself constantly, my future is bright. Even if it seems dark today, it's just reality. There is a brighter day ahead of your life. Amen. Better days are ahead of us. As in the Ark Fellowship, better days are ahead of us because we will do the will of God. Amen. We will certainly do the will of God and nothing's going to stop us. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for your people today. Thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, your children are blessed to be blessings and blessings they are to the world. To Cyprus, to Houston, Texas, United States, and the rest of the world. We're so grateful that you've considered us and have accepted us to be heirs of this great promise. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.